We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Wednesday night. We'll get back to the phone lights here as we discuss Andy Reid, Howie Roseman, and who's the most responsible here for the success of this franchise the last 20 years. I think for a long time, it would Reid would have been the answer over and over. And he even got credit when they won the Super Bowl five years ago because Doug was here and Nick Foles was here and a lot of those players are still in their prime that he was part of that. But as we've moved on from this, this is now two Super Bowls built by Howie. A championship built by Howie. And maybe the best Eagles team ever built by Howie. Different coach, different quarterback. I believe Howie surpassed Andy in terms of importance of this franchise over the last 20 years. We'll get back to that. And of course, our top five quarterback lists here. I go Brady, Montana, Manning, Peyton. Uh, and then number four, I got Mahomes at number four. He's in already for me. And I put Steve Young at number five. Curious for yours. 215-592-9494. We'll get back to all that. But I want to bring on a guest here, a Philly guy, uh, one of my favorite broadcasters out there in the baseball world for the Seattle Mariners. And I'm sure proud of his Eagles right now in the Super Bowl. So we'll talk some football here. And then some baseball, which I love talking, but we haven't talked much on this time slot in a while because we've been caught up in this Eagles team in this run they've had. Let's bring on Dave Sims, play-by-play voice of the Seattle Mariners, along with doing a lot of college hoop stuff. Dave, how you doing tonight? Doing well, Joe. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great. Excited for you to uh, hop on and talk to us here. Dave, tell us about uh, enjoying this Eagles run. And, and, and at what point year, what point of this year did you realize, like, we, we got a really special team this year? Well, you know, I, I thought that the maturation of Hertz as a passer, I mean, I, my last memory of him last season was uh, the game against Tampa. And I'd just done a Villanova game down at Wells Fargo, and I'd drive up to my brother's place. In, right there in Philly, and I get there, and he's you know he's not completing too many passes. And my brother said, "You might as well beat traffic and go home," and I did. And it was uh, you know it was not a good game you know by him in that game, but I, I was I was impressed as the season went along. I didn't get to see all the games. You know I'm up, I live up here in New York, and you know, I'm at the mercy of Red Zone. But there was so much to like, particularly about the run game, the O line, the D line, um, and for the most part, you know a lot of the, the key players. You know, they stayed healthy. It's been a great season. It's been a fantastic run. And, you know, I was on with Chris Russo and MLB Network. Uh, we talked about football. And I think we did baseball or as much football as we talked baseball. Because, you know, I go back. I'm old, a lot older than you. I go back to the 60 championship, Van Brocklin, McDonald, Tim Brown, Ted Dean, Chuck Bittnerick, and Pete Retzlaff and that whole crew. So, lifelong Eagle fan and uh, real happy for, 
for uh, the team, the organization, and the city. Yeah, it is special. Dave, you, your phone is actually a little bit it, – it's choppy. Let, let's uh, get Dave on a better line here. We'll get him back up. But you know what? You think about that and and where this organization has been compared to where they are now, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, I remember when I was young, the Eagles were not a good team. I mean, you know, when I was very young, they, they were good in the late 80s, but then – the beginning of the nineties was not very good. I mean, once that 90-91 team fell off and the co-type thing, and they just kind of got rudderless there for four or five years. You know, the, you know, obviously what Ray Rhodes did was, was it got the back up a little bit, but they were rudderless. And then Andy came in and they did with it. Let's get Dave Sims back up here. Dave, uh, you mentioned it there, you know, watching them back in the day. I mean, how remarkable is it how good of a franchise they become? Because they, that wasn't what this always was. I mean, last 20 years, we brought it up earlier, only the Patriots have more title game appearances than the Eagles now. It's just crazy to say that out loud. No, it's all good, man. It's all good. Enjoy it, you know. <laughs> There's nothing to complain about. You're here you're in this time. I mean, you know, I'm not spending a whole lot of time looking backwards. I'm enjoying what's going on with these cats. I like what, um, what they do with the pass rush. I like the DBs. I mean, you got a good kicker. There's so many good ingredients to this team. Dave, how about Jalen Hurts? Um, you know, you, you've been someone, obviously, a fan for years in different sports, you know, whether it be hoops, whether it be baseball, and obviously a fan of, of the Eagles. I, I've made the point earlier, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback improve as much as he did in, in such a short period. He's always gotten incrementally better since he was at Alabama, but, I mean, we're watching a quarterback that took a leap from where he was last year to an MVP finalist. That's, that's, it's just crazy how much he jumped in one year. Well, there was a great piece in The Athletic the other day talking about how uh, his dedication, his work ethic is off the chart. And, uh, you know, he, he comes from championship caliber from his college days, and he's a real smart guy. And I know last year, one of the complaints, not complaints, but one of the things I noticed is that he was so used to Alabama to having guys always running free. Well, you know, you get in the NFL, as you know, to fit it into tighter windows, and I think he's done a heck of a lot better job of that. Plus, he does have some talented receivers. I mean, I love the tight end, love the two wideouts. So it's um, you know you need a good quarterback to win it all. It's a big help. And defense, I know defense wins championships. You still got to score. Now, he's good, man. He's good. Enjoy it. I, I, that's all you know. That's all you really saving. The kid has been fantastic. You applaud his work ethic. You know he's, he's highly skilled. You know his old man was a coach. He's a lifer, and uh, he, he's a guy that's going to be uh, he's going to be remembered in Philly for a very long time. Yeah, he's fun, and, and he's won this town over. Dave, let's talk some baseball here. I mean, we're just a couple weeks away from the start of spring training. It's it's weird in Philadelphia. Usually, um, I love baseball and I love talking it, and, and we do a lot of uh, spring training stuff, off season stuff, and just been caught up in this Eagles thing. But uh, what what's your thought on on this Phillies team and where the franchise is right now after the run last year? I mean, they had. All those years, right, 8, 19, 20, 21, where they were in the fringe of the race, right? They were there, you know, you kind of look at like, ah, oh, they're three, four, five out. They got a chance, but they never got there. And it was a long postseason drought. And they got in last year, Dave, and it was an incredible run. I mean, it just was amazing watching them go from can't make it to they just broke the door down once they got in and got all the way to the World Series. What do you think about the team Dabrowski's assembled here? They've done a hell of a job. I mean, uh, we saw the Phillies out of our place in Seattle. I want to say it was May. They took two out of three. And, uh, you know, they they were scuffling a little bit after that, and that was a team you looked at. it. I mean, it looked like a softball team that they were going to have to win every game 10-9, 15-14. But obviously coming down the stretch, you know, things materialized. A couple of guys, you know, guys stayed healthy. I mean, it's the same story all the time. You got If you can keep your studs healthy, 
And you get some guys, you know, with some support guys. Now, you know, you're talking to Seattle Mariners uh, broadcast. I'm on the other coast. I don't see the Phillies that often. But I know what I, I saw in the playoffs. And I thought, I, you know, Riamuto is just tremendous. I thought the pitching was good. Harper was fantastic. And, uh, you know, you got to have, have a club there. And I understand that well, I don't, I'm not surprised if you tell me that season tickets are through the roof. It would make a heck of a lot of sense. It's a good ball club. Battle their ass off. I mean, it's so much fun. And uh, I enjoyed watching the World Series, watching them in the playoffs, especially was it the San Diego Series. I thought that was that was thrilling. And Harper coming up with that big home run. And then, you know, they run into Houston. You know, I know all about Houston. They, they've got it all. It's a good ball club. And we had them in the first round, in the second round, after we upset Toronto in Toronto in the division series. And we roughed, the Mariners roughed up uh, Verlander in game one of that series. And then uh, we wound up losing on an Alvarez home run, walking off in the ninth. And then they closed us out game three on a, in an 18 inning game. So, Looking at a Mariner team that's uh, poised and ready to go, man. Young, uh, Julio Rodriguez, best player we've got. He's going to be one of going to be considered one of the best players in baseball. American League Rookie of the Year. We got good pitching. We catch the ball. We got some uh, get some hitting to improve on, and I think that's going to happen. So, if you, uh, you folks in Philly, if you want to stay up late at night and watch some West Coast baseball, uh, uh, Mariners a team you want to watch, and the whole division is going to be even better. The Angels have picked up a lot of new guys in South Texas. So is Texas. Dave, we're talking to Dave Sims here, play-by-play of the Mariners, Philly guy, talking about the Eagles, and of course uh, the MLB season coming up to spring training in a couple of weeks. Dave, it's interesting, you know, the juxtaposition, you know, that's, you know, the city here in Philadelphia that you're from and the team you, you, you cover and, and broadcast, same situation last year, but trying to break a long playoff drought. And Dave, I, I, as you said, you saw the highlights, saw what it was like here in Philadelphia during the postseason. I thought it was awesome watching the crowd out there. I think it was maybe it was the catcher Cal Raleigh at the, the home run in one of those yeah, games. The, yeah, the I mean, home run, the three uh, three two pitch pinch hit home yep. run to win it and uh, ended a 21, uh, 20 year drought playoff drought longest uh, playoff drought in North American professional sports. Big moment. The uh, today earlier, you know, I live in here in New York City, but I was watching online the uh, pre spring trading media day. And listening to front office guys, the team president, uh, Jerry Depoto and the skipper, Scott Service, and listen to the questions, listen to some of the uh, answers from the players. The optimism's off the chart. And I tell you, uh, the Mariners are not going to sneak up on anybody this year. And I think they really did a good job making a name for himself, uh, themselves last season with that uh, great second half that they had. And, you know, sort of closing the gap just a little bit on Houston, which is still a great team and the world, and the world champions. Yeah, and we saw that, Dave. What was it? What was it like? Just that atmosphere and that crowd. Because I know here, I got a chance to go to a good number of the playoff games. The Reese Hoskins home run game. I was at. Um, I was at game one uh, against the Padres and uh, all of the World Series games here. So it was the atmosphere was. I think it was almost like pent up energy of of for you know in Philadelphia a decade without the postseason. It all came out. The crowd was amazing. What was it like out there? You said that that drought. Uh, what was it like watching those fans I'll, celebrate I'll see, that? I'll see you and raise you because you got a decade. We got 20 yeah. years of drought, okay? So a lot of misery, frustration, a lot of just missed opportunities coming down to two years ago. Uh, Mitch Hanniger had a big eighth inning uh, single to keep us alive in game 161. And this was, let's see, we, we, had, uh, we swept the two games in Toronto 
and we played the first two games in Houston. So we only had that one playoff game. We lose game three of the second round. But I'm telling you, the game went 18 innings. And once it got into 18, the energy was electric the entire way. The pitching, every you know, every pitch was worth, you know, it felt like your life was on the line. And the fans there, and we probably jammed in 50,000. I'm sure they didn't announce that, but I'm sure it was 50,000 people in the ballpark. They stood that last nine innings and and never and never, you know, never uh, wavered whatsoever. And if you you know if you go back and look at those highlights, you can hear the volume that these cats that you know our fans, the Mariner fans, were, were churning out. I mean, it's a it was a big time situation. Got to remember the Mariners had some glory years, didn't make the World Series, but they had some great teams in the mid '90s. Couldn't get over the hump, and I think right now this this, this organization right now is poised to. You know, be a, a perennial uh, challenger, you know, for a championship in the American League and maybe even a World Series. Dave, uh, as we get closer to the start of spring training and this season, w- what's your feeling on the rule changes they made uh, for them, against them? We got the pitch clock coming in, we got the larger bases coming in, uh, a well, little bit of a change on the shift. What do you think about what they did it's here? It's all good. I'm, I'm all in on everything. It's an entertainment vehicle. You know, we've been losing fans, we've been losing TV numbers. This will speed, hopefully speed up the game. And, you know, it, it's true. You'll get a chance to see a little bit more athleticism, uh, you know, no more shifting. And uh, hopefully it'll be some more base stealing. You know, they made the base a little bit bigger. I don't see how that's going to necessarily in, increase base stealing. But the fact that you can't throw over, but, you know, a restricted amount of time. Right now, if you don't, you know, as things start in spring training, if you don't take advantage of that, it's foolish. But I think it's. I think all these measures are going to work. Dave, last one for you. Um, they've smoothed out the schedule as well. They've changed it where every team's going to see each other and not as many division games, which I think is good. I think it's good for fans. I think it makes things a little fair as you have more wild card teams. If you have one bad team in your division, it kind of throws the whole thing off and you could have an advantage. But it also means you know fans get to see more players. And Dave, you, you got, you've gotten to see a lot of Shohei Otani over the last few years of that division. Tell us about what it's like to watch that guy do both and, and do it live because uh, I'm just amazed every time I watch him on TV. He really could win the MVP every year. I mean, he is an elite pitcher. He's an elite hitter. He can run. Uh, if they let him play in the outfield, he'd be a great outfield outfielder. He's got a great arm. Kids, I mean, the guy's just unbelievable. He's got every pitch in the book. He's fantastic. Uh, good-looking kid, runs like crazy. And, you know, they've had their problems out there. They had a ton of injuries. Rendon went down. Trout missed most of the season last year. They picked up a lot of pitching this year. We'll see what happens. But uh, Otani is—he's—he's un- he's unbelievable, is what he is. And um, you know, on a, say on a grading scale of ten being best, he's a nine plus in every category. I mean, he does everything well at the highest order. He Great is- player. And I tell you what, if the Angels do come, another—I I think the Angels do come to Philly this year. They do late, I think we, late August. Yep. Yeah, and we come in in, uh, in April, late April, if. Uh, if I were a Philly sports fan, I would make sure I'd go online or whatever you have to do, go down to the bank and buy tickets for that Angel Series and come see our ball club too because we're pretty good. Yeah, you are. Maybe a, maybe a future World Series matchup. Dave, I appreciate you hopping on. Enjoy the rest of the uh, the time here before spring training, and, and we'll catch up again. Thank you. You bet, Joe. Thanks, man. Be there, good. There he goes. Dave Sims, voice of the Mariners, Philly guy, cheering on the Eagles here as we go. And I, I, I just haven't wrapped my mind around how close we are to the Phillies. Maybe, maybe it'll hit me once – once the Eagles are done, like hopefully a parade. Ha- I, mean, I think we we mapped it out, right? A parade could happen the day the Phillies 
start spring training? I think it's around that time. I mean, we are so close. And usually, you know, in every year the Eagles haven't been in the Super Bowl, we're, we're literally in countdown mode. What was our uh, segment that we would do? Clearwater check-in. We would do hot stove check-in. Right. And then we'd do clearwater check-in. Was... I mean, I'm pretty sure pitchers and catchers report on the 15th. So we're two weeks away? It'd be the Wednesday after the Super Bowl, and I don't mean to be presumptuous, but if the Eagles were to win the Super Bowl and the parade follows the same route it did last year, the Phillies would be back in spring training the day before we could be potentially celebrating an Eagles Super Bowl victory. Yeah, I think a couple things are part of why um, it's just, it's almost like we forgot. One, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. That's the biggest reason. Two, the Phillies did all of their business, their offseason business, so early in the offseason. You know, typically there's still stuff going on. I mean, think about the Bryce Harper chase. That went all the way into spring training. Last year, because of the lockout, they, they couldn't make any moves until March, and they signed Castellanos, which was a disaster, and they signed Schwarber, and they did what they did. But this year, they did it all right, you know, right away. Like, late November, Trey Turner was here. It's almost like they haven't done anything for the past couple months because – they really haven't had to. Uh, they guess, got it wrapped up before the holidays. What was the biggest thing they done recently? The the Soto trade, right? They got Soto, the reliever. Well, they signed Josh Harrison the other day during the, the Eagles middle game. Of the Eagles game, mind you. Yeah, I, you know, we got to talk to Nebraska about that. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, I, I can't wrap my mind around Philly's depth. I actually like Josh Harrison. I've always been a Josh Harrison fan. I wonder though. Remember when he was here? Yes. Doesn't he feel a little redundant with Sosa? That's what, that was my thought when I saw it. I, unless, unless one of those guys could play the corner outfield and it's almost a Veerling, you know, like a, a replacement for Veerling against lefties. I just I wonder what the how versatile. I mean, Harris is older, so let's not go crazy with how versatile he could be in the outfield. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be running around there. Sosa though, didn't they run him in the outfield a couple times last year? They might have, and it looks like Harrison did play left field a couple times last season. Last season for Chicago. Played eight innings in left field, so I wouldn't get that excited about it. But, yeah, I did think it was redundant, and maybe he's just replacing Maton. But, once but he's again, they still don't have a second center fielder. No. Unless they're really into to, uh, who's the kid they brought up last year? Guthrie. Unless they're into Dalton, Dalton Guthrie, Guthrie, or they signed Jake Cave. But he's a lefty, too. It might be Dalton Guthrie. Wasn't Dalton Guthrie on, all, on the postseason rosters? He was, he was active. He was. I think. I don't know if he was for every series, but he was for for most of the run. Some of them, yeah. I just I feel like Dalton Guthrie is going to be a trivia question one day. Like name the roster in the NLCS or what? I think he was definitely on the Braves roster. But name the roster throughout the postseason, and and you know what? We'll be able to name a lot of those guys. Dalton Guthrie will just slip the mind unless he becomes uh, more of a part of this as we move on. But yeah, I was. I'm he not appeared a- in one game in the NLDS. Okay, I'm not against the signing of Josh Harrison at all. I just wonder how it all pieces together because he also hits right-handed, like Edmundo Sosa. It, it it does feel redundant within the infield. Not sure how they're going to use all these guys. Um, and I do. I still wonder who's playing center field against lefties because, as we saw last year, they didn't think Brandon Marsh could do it. I mean, they traded for him. They obviously like him, and I think he he you know he showed some strides when he got to, with Kevin Long compared to was compared to what he was doing with the Angels, but. They didn't let him play against lefties. It was always Veerling. And maybe it's a little different this year, and they give him a little bit of a longer leash in, in April and May to see if he can figure it out because you also gave up Logan O'Hoppy to get this guy, right? They they clearly think he can be an everyday center fielder, and if that's the case and they think they can improve his bat to the point where he's capable of doing so, 
then he's going to have to get some at-bats against lefties. You can't keep him under wraps as a strictly platoon platoon player uh, for the entire season. No. Um, and I don't even remember. Did, did we react to the Soto trade maybe a little bit the, the night after it happened or the weekend after it happened? I don't even remember when it happened. Was around, that Christmas? It happened around Christmas. They traded for Soto, the relief pitcher from— It was the Friday before Christmas. So like the 23rd. Yeah, I mean, and then we've just been so caught up in the Eagles since, and we just haven't spent much time talking about it. Look, I, I like the trade because I don't think they gave up a significant amount. Though I do think we have to pump the brakes on our expectations for him. I mean, I know he's been an all-star the last couple of years. He was an all-star because he pitched for the Tigers, and they needed to send somebody. I mean, he's, he's much closer to Jose Alvarado before— he, fi- he figured it back out this year than he is like a guy I totally trust. I, I look at Soto as more of a replacement for Brad Hand than anything else. Like, that's what I think the role he will have. And I mean, he has upside to be better than that. He throws really hard. But I'm not sold they got an all-star. I think they got a guy who's gone to the all-star game. Yeah, I mean, he's been an all-star because Detroit's been an absolute garbage fire for the last couple of years. And what bothers me with him is... He has unreal stuff, right? You can sit there and you can watch YouTube videos of him throwing his, his fastball 101 yep. down the pipe for hours. His K-9 last year was nine. I know. Uh, like He struck out guys at the same rate as like Kyle Gibson last year, despite having all-world stuff. And maybe Caleb Cotham and the Phillies pitching staff can figure out how to get more out of him than Detroit was. But this guy clearly has all the talent in the world. He's not lacking for raw stuff, Mm-mm. but... The fact that he still just isn't even getting people to swing and miss is scary. Yeah, the other thing I thought was uh, just interesting with the the hype around the team or, or just where we're at, uh, Matt Gelb over the Athletic, they do like the, um, what do they call it, like the survey? The, the sur- they do the fan survey. And I mean, I, I, before I even clicked it, I, di- I didn't get to actually vote. I just missed that. But I went to click the results of the survey, and I noticed this the other day. And it's so, it's so different than last year. Last year, there was very little faith in the front office, little, little faith in ownership, little faith in the roster. Well, I mean, you go to the you go to the World Series, and it certainly changes the feeling. But the one that blew me away, because I, I was scrolling through this to see what, how people felt as we get closer to the start of spring training and, and, and just the temperature of, of the fan base as we head towards that, the one that blew me away more than anyone else, uh, it was like – just think about where we were a year ago. So the question was, will the Phillies return to the World Series in the next two seasons? Did you see the results on this? I found the number amazing. Yes, with 75.5%. No, obviously 24. It didn't say the next five or the next decade. The next two seasons. Like this year or next year. Yes. It's really hard to go back to the World Series. And I think they've gotten better. I mean... Trey Turner makes them a better team, and they had a star player, but, boy, the confidence level is very high. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, they made the playoffs by the skin of their teeth last year. Oh, I didn't forget. And I do appreciate that they approached this offseason like a team that made the playoffs by the skin of their teeth and not a team that won the pennant, right? They, they've improved themselves, you know, quite a bit, especially for the regular season. They've added depth across their pitching rotation and their lineup. They should be able to win 90-plus games, I think, this year. That That isn't... Too much to ask, but I don't know. What if the Brewers get better, right? What if the Marlins get better? What if the Reds take a step forward? I mean, I mean, the Reds are atrocious, but there are other teams, the Giants, right? They won 116 games two years ago. There mm-hmm. are teams who took massive step backs last year that were close to the Phillies in 2022. They could take a step forward, too, and that was something I worried about last year. 
I don't know. I, I know that there's a, a deeper, deeper and playoff picture, but I don't know. They're, they're still the third best team in their division. Well, I'm just curious how they handle prosperity. Right, we've never. I mean, look, we hadn't seen this team make the playoffs in a decade. Okay, well, how do they respond to that? Are they going to take the next step and go win a championship? Like was last year? Like they're they're itching to get back and win sometimes it. Sometimes it's a launching pad. Sometimes it is, and then sometimes it's just a fluky thing. I mean, I, we don't know until we start this thing off. But that's there's an expectation that it was a launching pad, right? When you get 75 percent of fans saying they're going to make the World Series in the next two years, that that's an expectation. That it was a launching pad. I can't wait to watch it. I mean, I, I can't wait for spring training to see Trey Turner, Phillies Jr., see Andrew Painter. He's 19 and is going to be vying for a spot in the, in, the, in the rotation. I can't wait for that. 215-592-9494. That was fun talking to baseball. On the other side, we'll react. Sixers, Magic, did they pull off another win or was it a mess against the Magic? We'll talk about it next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giulio with you. Yes. Clap your hands. It's the name of a podcast I've been listening to. Elliot Shore Parks, Kyle Newbeck. You ever listen to that one? Uh, I, I have. As we've talked about it before, I don't like podcast titles that tell me what to do, but I like Elliot and I like Kyle. Yeah, so. I mean, we make exceptions when we know the people, and they're they're part of our team here it's at the WIP. Best Sixers podcast I've ever heard. Only one I've heard. I mean, yeah, I've, I mean, it's crazy. We made it to 2022, and no one made a Sixers podcast. I think there used to be a uh, a Sixers podcast that we used to incorporate in the first hour of this show once a week. I forget. I forget what that. Remember one that was guy like. just stopped showing up to work one day? Well, actually, true story. I remember. Um, obviously, we're talking about uh, Spike, and we're talking about the Rice to Ricky Sanchez radio show that we did, right? Six to seven every Wednesday when the pandemic started. He did. We did like two of them together until, like, I think everyone realized. There's, there's no Sixers to talk about. And then he left. He never came back. I remember we did an AMA, right? We didn't ask me anything. Yes. And then, yeah, he just stopped showing up. And, and I, I it. got it. Like, he was like, what am I doing? Like, we have no Sixers to talk about. Anyway, uh, the Sixers and the only true Sixers podcast now, of course, Elliot and Kyle Newbeck's. They, uh, they, they win tonight, 105-94. to hop in and react as we will here. I mean, a couple of things stand out to me. Number one. They had to win this game. Let's just put it that. There's, I, we mentioned the point earlier, the Magic are better than they were in the past. They're getting better. They have some nice young players. Paolo Mancaro is going to win the Rookie of the Year in the NBA. Great. You can't lose back-to-back home games to the Magic. You just, you just can't do it if you want to keep yourself near the top of the Eastern Conference standings. That, that would have been unacceptable. So, bounce back for the Sixers tonight. Uh, Embiid... It's it's isn't it weird now that when Embiid scores less than 30, it looks, it looks odd. Like, I see it, and... 
I'm, I mean, by no means did Embiid play a poor game tonight. He, had, he shot over uh, 50% from the field. He didn't shoot many threes, which is probably why only one. His points weren't at their typical level. He was 10 at 10 for the free throw line. But, like, he had 28 and 11 tonight. And I was like, eh, 28 and 11. Because so, I'm so used to now 35. Yeah, I was going to immediately call it a weird Embiid game. Because he was plus 17 on the floor. The Sixers clearly needed him to be dominant. And he was on both ends of the floor. But... Yeah, he only put up 28, and when you're averaging 34 a game, it looks a little weird in the box score. It does, uh, but obviously a good game by Embiid. Um, Harden had a very good game, 26 points, 10 assists, and he did have seven turnovers, which you don't like, but nine. We always had triple-double. So yeah, they got the scoring. Six, six threes from James Harden? That doesn't happen every day. Six threes from Harden, six to ten from the, from the line. Um, but really what, what stood out to me is, number one, that took care of business. Their defense was much better tonight. They held the Magic to 37% from the field. They held the Magic to 6 of 39 from three. Wow. I mean, that, that right there is going to shoot you right out of the game. Uh, and the Magic could not hit a three-pointer tonight. And then by the Sixers tonight, they did have 18 turnovers. That that I don't love. But it, it, their, the turnover differential was only four. It wasn't like they you know, they had a lot more turnovers. They won the game 105-94. But here's the other thing I, I, I noticed and just felt watching the game. Felt it watching a couple nights ago. I'll be totally real. I don't watch many Orlando Magic games. I watch them against the Sixers. I might catch, catch some highlights on NBA TV or, or on ESPN or whatever. Watching two of their games in a row, you know what is crystal clear? Markel Fultz is a better NBA player right now than Ben Simmons. We've gone that far to this to, to, to this extreme of, of what has happened here to Ben. It, it is amazing. They hate him now up in Brooklyn. They're, the coach is criticizing him for not getting on the floor when they're shorthanded. And he's just, I mean, it, it's what we realized here. I mean, not everyone at the same time, but we all came together on this. He's not a very good player. You know, he's he's a solid defensive player. He can make some plays. He could pass the ball, but overall, as an NBA player, he's not that impactful. And I watched the last two games, and Markel Fultz, who really had one of the most bizarre careers of anyone ever here. I mean, really bizarre, considering the height. Remember the night that the Sixers won the lottery, or, or trade? I mean, excuse me, traded up to get the pick. I, I remember being on the air. People were we were celebrating as if they won something. He was the next Dwayne Wade. Yeah, well, I remember the comparisons because he he had, he would block shots sometimes, like Dwayne Wade would as a shooting guard or as you know a, a six four kind of six five kind of guard. That was the comp. He had threes in college. He could handle the ball. He could be the other ball handler next to Ben Simmons. He could play defense. He was the missing piece, and then he did. He literally disappeared and forgot to shoot. It remains one of the wildest. Like it's not even probably top three in crazy process stories, but. I don't know. Him not being able to shoot and not being able to be that third piece kind of led them on a quest for like five years until they found Tyrese Maxey. And then what did they do? I'm trying to remember now that this, I, I was upset about it and people were mad at me for being upset. Didn't didn't they intentionally start him but not start him in the second half? One of those years they had a weird thing where they wanted to get him on the court. So remember he didn't he didn't start playing until like the end of his rookie season. Right, so the start of the next season. So what the start of the next season, they took J.J. Redick out of the starting lineup and put Markel Fultz in. And he was still only averaging like 16 minutes a game. It was almost a safe face. I hated it. I was like, you're intentionally making your team worse. And I remember people saying, well, he, he's going to be fine. He's the number one pick. And I'm like, I, I don't know if he's going to be fine. So you know, we've gone through, we went through the whole thing. I remember um, the, the shows that I used to do with Derek Bodner and Kyle. And, and one time... 
we were doing a show that they were in here for an hour. We used to the hour a week, uh, myself, Kyle, and, and Derek Bodner, back, way back in the day. And you, you know, that, that era of the evening show was predates. That's well before my time. Predates Tucker as the, as the producer. Yeah, I, I had fun doing the show with them. So it, it was almost like um, like what I did with uh, Shio Kapati and Bo Wolf. They would come in here for an hour a week, and we'd hang out and talk Sixers or, or Eagles with Shio. Also before my time. Yes. Uh, it was the Birds with Friends hour. And I forget what we called uh, the, 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 uh, the Derek and, and Kyle. But it was, it was great. We had a caller call in one time. They said they were driving home, and they told us that, that they saw Markel Fultz shooting at a local gym. Ever tell you this story? Ca- guy called in. I think it was right around the Eagles Super Bowl, so like five years ago, right? 2018, January. Like that's when he wasn't playing. They said, and what was the story back then? It was like he hurt his shoulder. Uh, the outlet syndrome was the story. Thoracic outlet syndrome? Yeah, which is like a pitcher thing. So the guy called in. He said, I just saw Markel Fultz. And we were like, all right, yeah, okay, sure. And, it, and he told us, he was at this local gym. He's shooting free throws. Guys, he can't make any. And we were like, what are you talking about? Like, I, we didn't buy it. Like, who's this? But as time went on, I always think about that call, that that guy who saw Markel at a local gym. Like, imagine that, going to a gym, just shoot, shooting hoops. Who's that guy over there? Number one overall pick? Can't make a shot. What I think is funny when we discuss him, and even Ben Simmons, if you watch what they did in the summer league before they got to the Sixers, mm-hmm. they looked like the guys that we expected, right? Like Markel Fultz looked like the guy we expected. Go watch Ben Simmons in the summer league, the one here he played. He was draining mm-hmm. mid-range shots. And then they got here and everything just fell apart. Remember the story he was shooting, I think like from his knees to work on his shoulder strength and it just yep. screwed up his whole shot? And and then it just died. So the whole Markel Fultz thing plays out. Obviously, it, it ended in... in what would they end up trading him for? It was the guard that played during the Raptor series. It was Jonathan Simmons. Jo- Jonathan Simmons. Um, and it was just kind of an unceremoniously sad ending to the Markel Fultz experience because they just, didn't they want to get the money off the books for the next year, whatever his, his number was for the next year. They just wanted to dump it. So they dumped Markel Fultz to the Magic. And I think we just assumed at that point he was going to be at the NBA in a couple of years. Guys, I, oh, I, they got a 2020 first-round pick in that trade as well. Well, that's, that's, that's a good deal. Well, but it became Tyrese Maxey. So. Did it really? what it says on Basketball Reference. Wow. Traded by Philadelphia to the Orlando Magic for Jonathan Simmons, a 2019 second-round pick, which was later traded to the Celtics and became Carson Edwards, and a 2020 first-round pick that Tyrese Maxey was later selected with. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's actually kind of poetic, isn't it? Isn't Maxey the player that Fultz was supposed to become? So Yeah, pretty much. It, it all worked out. But the last, just to go back to Fultz, the last two nights, two games, watching the Sixers against the Magic, he's the better player than Ben Simmons right now. He's, he's a better basketball player. I mean, t- tonight, Markel Fultz, and the Sixers won the game, but Markel Fultz shot 7 of 11, had 18 points. When is the last time Ben Simmons shot 7 of 11 in an NBA game? It's got to be two years now. I mean, I, I don't know if Ben Simmons is capable of shooting 7 of 11 in an NBA game. Maybe he's done it a couple times for the Nets. Not, not, not recently. I know that much because they're upset he can't get on the court. And he scores like six points a game. I mean, Ben Simmons is basically P.J. Tucker with fame behind him. That's the way he plays basketball. And a now. max contract. And a ma- yeah. And, and I'm not saying Fultz is an all-star. He's not. But he's turned himself. And I'm happy for him. Because I, I don't know what happened. If it was all mental. If it was some physical, some mental. I have no idea. But Markel Fultz has turned himself into a serviceable NBA player. He's 24 years old. He will be in the league for a while. This season, before tonight, he was averaging 12 points per game, 
3.8 rebounds, 5.7 assists. He shoots 49% from the field. He's turned himself into a serviceable NBA player. And I and, and he shoots 34% from three. Like, is there a world? He's 24 now. Is there a world in the next two years he becomes a valuable depth piece for a good team? I think it's possible. Yeah, like a sixth or seventh man yeah. on the bench. I mean, he clearly won't live up to the no. hype of a number one overall pick, but he seems to have gotten over all the issues he had here and the fact that he's able to play on the court on a a daily basis. Remember, he tore his ACL last year or two years right. ago. That was an issue. And, yeah, I mean, him just kind of fitting into the flow of the NBA, I think it's a huge step for him. Yeah, I mean, look, if he gets a little bit better, he, right now he's shooting 49%. If he if he bumps his shooting to a little over 50 and he gets hit 36 or 37 from three, he can obviously handle the basketball. He, he will be a valuable player. Teams will want him. Good teams will want him to help come off the bench or, or be a sixth or seventh man or whatever. Th- that story is not coming back for Ben Simmons. Th- those days are long gone. The fact that Markel Fultz has gone past Ben Simmons is maybe the most ridiculous outcome of all of this. Because, remember... At the point where Fultz just fell off, you know, to the, where he was unplayable and it was it was sad. Ben, we were still fighting. Up, actually, we weren't fighting about Ben. Most people in the city still believed in Ben Simmons. Then he was supposed to still be the guy then to be a star then. And now Fultz, a couple years later, has has surpassed him. He's a better basketball player. All right, let's look at the Sixers here and what's coming up next because I thought that that tonight was a uh, a much needed win for the Sixers as they move forward here. So Sixers get the win tonight. Next game, Friday night in San Antonio against the Spurs, a wretched Spurs team that's really going for the number one pick. So they'll be big favorites Friday night in San Antonio. They've got the Knicks Sunday um, in New York. Wow. So the schedule starts to, I would say, pretty significantly get challenging here over the next you know, you got to go through the month of February. The, the schedule gets really challenging. Other than a game against the Rockets here on Monday the 13th, it's all, it's all you know, solid to good teams. So here's what they have. Spurs came coming up. That'll be an easy game. Should be. After that, they go to the Knicks. I'd say challenging game. They go to the Celtics. Gigantic game next Wednesday. They host the Knicks. They go to the Nets. Rockets at home, that's a little a little layup in the middle. They should win that game. They host Cleveland, tough game. They host the Grizzlies. That'll be a marquee matchup. That's a TNT Thursday night game on the 23rd. I'm excited for that one. And then they host the Celtics at home here on Saturday night. That's a marquee Saturday night ABC game. They host the Celtics on Saturday the 25th, and then they round out the month at home against the Heat, Monday night, the 27th. So there's some big games coming up. Big games coming up over the next couple of weeks. You're, you're, you're upset about the schedule? No, I'm good. Okay. So anyway, they have mostly tough games coming up, other than a Spurs game and a Rockets game over the next month or so. All right, 215-592-9494. Tell you hop in. Let's talk to Pete, who I think is headed to the Super Bowl. What's up, Pete? Joe, Joe, what's going on, pal? How are you, Pete? What's up? Oh, I think we're all, uh, everybody in the Delaware County area um, and the Tri-State area is just happy. We have a good offensive line and a good defensive line. Is that correct? And a good quarterback. Yes. All, and good wide receivers. Um, one thing that, like, you know, because we can talk about everything, 
the catch that Devonta Smith made was a game changing catch to to get things rolling. Would you agree? Yes, I mean, it, Pete, it set the tone for the game, and I, and I, you know, there's also a butterfly effect you could think about with that. Like if the Eagles Correct. gets yeah. if the Eagles get stopped there, Niners get the ball. Like potentially that down in distance where Purdy got hit by Reddick, that might never happen. Exactly. It's like, you know, we're all in the sports of everything. So, yeah, uh, it was crazy because, you know, it was definitely a little butterfly. Jalen threw a little bit large, and he's just my favorite person ever. He's like a Mike Quick guy. We've talked about this before with Jody, Mm -hmm. and he just has that. He catches the ball. He has great hands, Pete. He has great concentration, and he always has body control. It's amazing. He's almost I, – I, I don't want to put him in this category yet, but I, I see some Chris Carter in, in, in Devontae Smith. Like, when he catches the ball, he has an amazing body control. He puts the ball he, – he gets his body in. He gets his feet in with, with almost ease. Correct. Um, obviously, you got to fit a lot of people in, but this is a good omen. Uh, it doesn't matter. Minneapolis, I went to Super Bowl. I was already going to see Dave Matthews' band. They were playing on Saturday prior to the Super Bowl, like kind of a deal deal. Um, they're playing on Friday before in Phoenix. So Are you going to, to that too? I was. That, the whole point, Joe, is I was going to see Dave Matthews' band all the time, no matter what. And my girlfriend's like, okay, you know, Steve, well, not, not okay, but when the Eagles win, I'll get you some Super Bowl tickets. Um, but I think I got them again, dude. Uh, I might have to pay face value, but we're still at the comp area. But are you, you're coming out. When do you fly out? So I'm flying on... out sun this Sunday. I'm flying out Sunday. So when do you fly back? Thursday? I fly back Friday morning. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be doing my show out there, Pete, uh, Monday through Thursday night. All right. Well, I'm going to find you. I, I get in at 6.51. You'll probably be gone. You know, and as uh, we were just joking, uh, uh, Jack, Jack, you know, everybody's like uh, – that Jack's got extra room. <laughs> you can sleep with Jack. But um, I'm just going to say it. You're awesome, and Tucker's awesome. You guys lay it down. Like, you are, guys are must listen to Rewind Odyssey. Wow, Pete, we appreciate that. Pete, yes, and send me a message. We'll, we'll meet up. I'll and say- I do really... Odyssey. Odyssey. Thank you, no, you, I knew what you meant. We knew it. Pete, you sent me a message. We'll meet up next week. I'll say hi to you out in Arizona. I'm hanging out with Pete in Arizona next week. I'll be here by myself. Okay. Everyone's going to the Super Bowl but me. Well, that's not true. That's, that's not That's not true. Cameron Richie aren't going to the Super Bowl. That's true. Seltzer's not going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he has a kid. I wonder if that changes things. Right? I have two kids. Yeah, I guess. Marks has three. Who has three? Marks. A lot of people have kids around here. Well, it's the kind of that happens as life goes on, right? You get a little I bit guess. older. You, you maybe have some kids. Um, you mean I think isn't everyone going? Maybe except Elliot that has kids. I mean, I, I, I count Jack. Maybe he's almost here as a kid. Yeah, Jack's gonna be taking some time off, like spring training, which is a shame. Like that's his Christmas time. Yeah, you 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 think he's gonna try to sneak to opening day? I think it's gonna be a problem.
I would be shocked if Jack Fritz isn't at opening day. Yeah, but just based on when he's talked about uh, the due date, I mean, that's like, that's like, that's the time. <laughs> now, do you think if a baby is born on opening day, does he still go? So, I, I can't tell anyone what to do. I would advise against that. Um, I So, I'm trying to remember, uh, well, I can't remember. My son was born on the morning of title game weekend in uh, the 2015 season. It was January 18th is his birthday. So, uh, in the hotel room that night, because it was, it was plenty of hours past the birth. I watched the uh, the Deflate Gate game, right? The the Colts and Patriots. Colts Patriots. That was boring. And then the other one was the Seahawks coming back on the Packers, where the Packers blew that game somehow. Yeah, that's a game that never gets talked about. As the Packers just like they turtled like ten minutes too early. Totally. Um, and then. My daughter was born. She was born in 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 April. Excuse me, April seventeenth. And I remember the first time I watched in the hospital that night was the Mets and the Phillies, the twenty seventeen Phillies. Like we're talking about the Cameron Rupp, Odubel Herrera, Pete McCannon Phils. I tend to think like anything twenty fourteen through twenty sixteen. I just kind of have erased from my memory. Yeah, it's amazing those debates we said about the twenty seventeen team because we you know you had to pick some players you liked. Maybe they would stick. Not many did. Yeah, I mean if you go through. Even three years ago, four years ago, we'll say before Bryce Harper got here. 2018. Is there a position this team hasn't upgraded, like, tenfold? So they went from Alfaro to, to Real Muto. Right. Hoskins is still here. Yeah, was he playing first? I guess that was his rookie year. Uh, it was his first full year. It was 18. So Hoskins. Okay, well, he was playing left. Well, so. you're, you're right. But he was part of the team. Okay, so uh, second base was uh, Cesar. Yeah, that's an upgrade. Shortstop was the combination of um, Kingery and Crawford. Upgrade. Well, now it turned for a sure. Total upgrade. Yeah, I wouldn't say last year was th- definitely an upgrade. Um, no, I, I think Stott's fine. Yeah, third base at that point. Why am I blanking on third base? It's Mikel Franco. Oh, how could I forget? Uh, the outfield. What do we have at eighteen? Some combination of Hoskins and left. Right, so we had that. Oduble so, was obviously a center fielder. Who was in right? Was that the Altair-Williams combo? I think it was. I want to say it was. Because that's when uh, people were... Uh, wasn't Nick Williams mad that Gabe's computers made the lineup? Remember he made that comment? Yeah, and remember they... Uh, was that the year they were doing the shifting and then they realized at the All-Star break that their calculations were wrong? Yep. And they were, like, shifting backwards? <laughs> Franchise has come a long way in a few years. That was That was something. The beginning of that season was... And then they signed Fat as Drupal Cabrera and broken down Wilson Ramos at the uh, at the deadline. Well, because they let Scott King replay shortstop for three months and the guy couldn't hit his weight, so they they had an OPS plus of sixty one that year. It's bad. I mean that that's and they a, still won eighty games. Yeah, they were in the, well, they were in first place early uh, uh, August, which was absolutely crazy. Yes, we got the Philly stuff coming up a couple weeks, but until then, we have a Super Bowl to talk about, and I know Rob Cherry is excited. These don't come around very often. In fact, there's only been four of them. And now we get the Eagles as a favorite over Andy Reid, a guy I know Rob Cherry wants to beat in Arizona in two weeks. Very badly. Very, I, I was hoping he'd lose to Cincinnati. I know you were. Guy pushes a guy out of bounds. Well, he was. It, it was a penalty. Well, it was. Yeah. It was. But that's a cheap way to decide. Oh, a game. you see that guy crying? I mean, really sobbing. I felt bad. And apparently, one of his, uh, one of the other linebackers was killing him. Yeah, but then I, I I saw that. But then one of his teammates was kind of standing up for him in right. the locker room with the with the media. But I. I actually felt bad too because that he'll live with that forever. And like, he's a rookie too. Yeah, and he—that's a tough play. Like he made a penalty, 
But it's you're running full speed, and everyone's kind of getting to the sideline at the same time. That's a tough spot. Well, with a quarterback, that's how it is. You you have to know as a defensive player, can't touch him. you got to pull up. And it's it, there was a against Dak Prescott when the Eagles with that when Mincha was mm-hmm. uh, starting. Yeah, there was a, there was a play where where Prescott get out of a. What was the one of the uh, safeties had him? I think. I think it was Maddox, maybe. Or, I yeah. think it was Maddox yeah. that had him, and he kind of wrapped him up. And there were two other Eagles around him that could have crushed him, and that would have been it. And somehow he escapes because they're afraid to hit the guy. Well, wouldn't you be? I mean, you go yeah. near the quarterback; it's fifteen yards. It's it's really tough for defensive players. That's why defensive players hate offensive players. They do. Um, Rob, have you started to think about how great this Eagles team is? Not just good, but great. Like better than the twenty seventeen team. Yeah, I mean, we, they just won two playoff games by three touchdowns. More than three touchdowns. It just doesn't happen often. Well, the uh, team in 2017 won by, what, 38-7? to seven? But the first playoff game was close. Well, that, that was hairy. That yeah. was really hairy, and it was like, they were. I think you might have been one of the people that said maybe they should go to Sudfield. Well, no, I just I, I mentioned that Foles wasn't playing well. Doug yeah. had answered questions about that that yeah, week. Yeah, he did. He did. It was like, is this really a question? Yeah, he was upset about it. But none of us saw that coming. I mean, this... I know Purdy got hurt, but this, this was a demolition, the game. It was over. Well, the Niners are known for their defense. And for anybody to say, well, you know, because they lost certain players or that, that call that wasn't made. Mm-hmm. No, the Niners the Niners got crushed on defense. The Eagles ran for four touchdowns yeah. on them. I mean, they didn't run for a ton of yards, but they ran enough on them that they couldn't stop them. The game, it, by the second quarter, you kind of realize, like, there's no chance they could score 20 points. The well, over. when it was 7-7. Seven to seven, and and the Eagles dominated everything. It was still seven to seven. A couple of people texted me and said, this, "This is this is like that Tampa game, yeah, uh, twenty two thousand two championship sure. game." But then once they got to the fourteen and twenty one, I was yeah. like, it's "You over. knew that they were they couldn't score." Whoever whoever they had, Josh Johnson, I had to look him up to see who he was. And then he got knocked out of the game. And then they per- put Purdy per- back in with a bad wheel. <laughs> Poor or guy bad, can't bad throw. Yeah. I mean, he, he needs Tommy John surgery. That that's pretty bad. So yeah. let me ask you this before I, I go. Hassan Reddick, how high on the list of all-time Eagles free agent signings is he? He's got to be near the top now. Well, for defensive players... Troy Vincent. Has anybody had a season like this? Well, no. I'm just thinking player. So, Troy Vincent. Well, I'm saying, has any any free agent they've ever signed had a season like this? No. Malcolm Jenkins had great years as a free agent signing. But this season, he has 19 and a half sacks. Javon Kurse came here as the freak. He didn't have the kind of season no. this guy had. He was better in Tennessee, actually, than he well, was Well, much here. better in Tennessee. Yeah. I think he had one. 2004 was really his best season here, and it wasn't tremendous. It was good, but Cra- not great. crazy part is, I remember the day they signed him. People were like, oh, that's good. He's an upgrade. But there was no excitement. This guy was a walk-on at Temple. And a first How about round, that? First-round pick that the Cardinals didn't even use as a pass rusher. They used him as a middle linebacker. What are they thinking there? Well, obviously, they're not thinking. Because he's one of the best passers in the league. Yeah, why would they let him get away? Well, I well the Cardinal the the Panthers let him get away the too. Pan, well, the Panthers don't know what the hell they're doing over there. Well, well they hired Frank Reich. I saw. Yes, they're trying to figure it out. But <laughs> right. man, this guy's as good of a pass rusher in the league right now. He is, and and you know I keep thinking the defense is going to fall apart, but the defense has become a strength of this team, mm-hmm. and that's why the Chiefs are not going to beat him. Can because the s- defense is the defense is that good. They haven't f- faced a defense this good all year. But, but the Eagles haven't faced a quarterback this good. That's that's what makes this fun. Yeah, but the the, the Eagle defense. I think the Eagle defense will rise to the challenge. So you and, don't fear Mahomes? Of course I do. He's he's a magician. He's he's, he's one of the great. But he's not. 
Mahomes right now. Well, I know. Even yeah, he, in two weeks, he won't be Mahomes. Yeah, I do wonder how much – both quarterbacks are banged up. They need the two weeks, these guys, to get healthy. Well, Jalen yeah, is grimacing when he gets hit these days. He does, but Jalen picked his spots in this game. Mm-hmm. He was smart in both the playoff games. He picked his spots, and Mahomes did obviously as well in his game. He ran what he had to. Of course. But he's not the same quarterback. He's not the threat that he was before. So can you, are you counting down the minutes to beating Reed? Is this like this is a dream for I you. have a target in my house. <laughs> no. And the target is it's a big target, too. Well, it's course. Andy Reid. Yeah, uh, it's going to yeah. be fun. Eagles against Reid, the Reid Bowl. All right, Rob Cherry next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.